0: What's going on everybody? Welcome to the Inside OU Podcast. Brady Trantham here. Just like always, but not like usual. As you all should know, if you are on our Patreon page, Keegan and I announced on Tuesday we were going to move this podcast to Friday this week. Uh, I had to pick up another shift. I am going to also be on the morning show tomorrow on the franchise. So Friday is just going to be way too hectic for me personally to record a podcast, and the reason why Keegan and I are not going to be at Vanessa House tonight, if you weren't on the Patreon page and heard our Tuesday podcast, uh, the NBA draft tonight, I've got to do some work stuff covering the Thunder uh, for the franchise, uh, doing a little watch party at Ponyboy on 23rd Street, uh, Keegan will actually be there too, so we're just going to go out there, have some fun, hang out with some Thunder fans, and just see where the night takes us as Russell Westbrook bids farewell to our nation's capital and heads west back home to Los Angeles to go play with LeBron and the Lakers. So it's already a juicy sports Saturday. Uh, Oklahoma and Texas have now been officially invited to the SEC as of this recording, just about 30 minutes ago. But I wanted to still put out a podcast for you guys, and it actually kind of accidentally happened. So a friend of mine came down to visit to come watch a movie that we had been wanting to see together. So he spent about a day and a half here in Oklahoma City, Big-time OU football fan, big-time sports fan, somebody I highly respect. He was here, so I thought, hey, what the heck, let's just do a fan edition podcast and just have that in the can for Monday, and I can put it out then. But as you guys probably already know, with the fan editions, it's all about your origin story as an OU fan. It's all about your favorite players, your favorite coaches, what have you. Just whatever makes you an OU fan. That's basically what those podcasts have been about thus far. But because my guest and I kind of know each other, we, we straight up said at the beginning of the podcast, yeah, let, let's not try to talk about the SEC, we're not going to do that because this is about our guest, and then about five minutes later, we just talked about the SEC, we talked about the move to the SEC, we talked about Oklahoma, we talked about a lot of fun subjects that I think you guys would appreciate, and it got to a point where I realized, okay, this isn't really a fan edition, this is just relevant to what's going on right now. So I thought, well, if we can't do a podcast on Friday and we're obviously not going to be able to do our classic podcast from Vanessa House on Thursday, then why not just put this podcast out? You may not know this person, and that's fine, but I will tell you, if, if you believe anything that I've ever said, like I, I 100% mean this, you'll want to listen to this podcast because I thought it was a great conversation. I thought it was a great uh, listen for OU football fans and just... What's on all of our minds and all the questions that we're thinking about, all the things that we're excited about, and maybe some of the things that should be not necessarily concerning, but just things to keep your eye on as an OU fan as we move forward into 2021 and then, of course, down the road eventually to the SEC. So today's guest is Peyton Guthrie. You can follow him on Twitter at LikeWoody. Uh, Again, this was supposed to be a fan edition, but scheduling stuff happened, and the podcast kind of turned into its own thing, and it kind of resembled more of a classic podcast that Keegan and I do, so I thought, what the heck, let's just put it out on Thursday. So hopefully you all enjoy it. I greatly appreciate everybody's great uh, reviews and ratings that you guys have been leaving on Apple Podcasts. I truly appreciate that. Uh, We've had a lot of fun, uh, success the last week or so. On the Patreon page at Through the Keyhole. We greatly appreciate that as well. Highly recommend you guys jump on. Keegan's had some great interviews on there, extra uh, inside information, extra bonus information, cure your SEC fix. So we got you covered at Through the Keyhole, so give us a a look there if you don't mind. But let's get the show started. Inside OU, Peyton Guthrie, OU to the SEC. Let's get wild.
1: Catch outside, Jeff Smith. He didn't get there. footballs the football. Oklahoma takes over.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Inside OU Podcast Fan Edition on Monday because it's Monday, and that's what we do here on, during the off season. And yes, I know everybody is so excited for the SEC, and I know that that's what everybody is wanting to talk about. But just remember, there is a football season to be played. And we all want Spencer Rattler, and we all want uh, Brian Asamoah. We we want all these guys to try and put their best foot forward and win a national title for this season. So let's – we'll probably – you know what? And having said what I'm about to say, like, let's try to table the SEC talk for the most part, but we'll probably get into it because basically the fan edition, as you all know, is dictated by the guest. And whatever they want to talk about, that's what we'll end up talking about. So, without further ado, we are joined by our special guest, Mr. Peyton Glenn, who, um, I don't know how inside we want to get into this in terms of, like, behind the curtain, but Peyton, uh, you and I, we we met on the internet, you know, just like a lot of the listeners yes, on this podcast like, yes, that, that have yes. been on this, uh, the fan edition on Inside OU, uh, but we're, you know, we became friends in a group chat, have kind of remained friends in... Said group chat, and we we kind of have other similar interests outside of OU football, and you may have come up to Oklahoma City to just essentially go watch an epic poem movie based on a King Arthur story, and uh, you know so we did that the other night, had a good time, and it's like oh yeah in between all that it's like OU football OU football OU football OU football OU football so uh, so that so that's how you and I know each other ties that bind yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I can either confirm nor deny the uh, the ability of uh, having fun that you mentioned that we had there, but I will confirm that we <laughs> did watch The Green Knight together. <laughs> yeah. <it's laughs> no, no. It was it was a great time. Had a it was a, a fun movie. I would suggest everyone to go out and watch it. You should always go support independent movies, support uh, smaller movies. Not not everything has to be Marvel, and I say that as a huge Marvel <laughs> fanboy. I, I mean, I watched all the Loki stuff. Watch all the stuff. But support small things, just like you're smarting this Patreon or this podcast. It only helps to have more voices, more ideas, more uh, perspectives out there, uh, so we don't become so uh, – no, the word I'm trying to think of is like a homogenized hum, or – Homogenized? Yeah, so no, the one voice, yeah. If we yeah. can get more voices Her- out there, the better. That's my that's my my hot take for the podcast so far.
0: Well, I, I just want my voice to be the only voice that matters. No, that's true. Yeah, I, no, I Yeah, 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 yeah. And well, I mean, unless Ke- I mean, Keegan's got the blue check mark, so he does. He does. It's, I, it's, I am. Why, I
1: keep thinking it's like an emoji. Like, surely it didn't happen, but it's there every time I check it. Uh, it's there. And I know. This, I mean, I know you did. You did apply for it. So I mean, is there breaking news? Have you got the denial? I, email I haven't yet?
0: got denied or accepted just okay, yet. You
1: just, you've just been left on red. Yeah, I know. Oh,
0: like, I, I don't so know worse. if that's. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Like, I don't know if they're like. We should give this guy a blue check because Look at the work that he does and look what he's done with the thunder. And like, okay, he seems like a legitimate person. And it's like, but nah, no, nah, he, he's just essentially a blog boy who just yeah. screams about, well, I'm on a, I'm on a cleanse. I can't, I can't say who I'm, who I want to mention, but, um, not that a blue check mark makes you a legitimate person unless you're, you know, unless you're very important. It just makes you important. Yeah. I'm not important. I'm but a peasant. Keegan is the, he's the it, star. It,
1: I think it does make you morally a better person. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: you're not worth my time. Yeah. Is essentially that. But um, in terms of what you do, quickly before we get into the OU stuff, Peyton, because unfortunately, like you know, we hung out last night after the movie. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we just didn't record our conversations from last night because they were fairly podcast yeah, worthy. Yeah. So we'll try our best to um, we'll try our best uh, to recreate some of that uh, for your listening pleasure out there, the listener. Uh, but in terms of what you do personally, like because to me it's just it's just really interesting, and I think that there are, you know handful of listeners uh, of the Inside OU podcast that could that would appreciate it, that would, um, just be you know just interested in what you do. So I'll just the floor is yours. What does Peyton Glenn do for a living?
1: What does Peyton Glenn do? Well, uh, I currently I'm uh, the director of multimedia for the Choctaw Nation, Oklahoma. So it's one of the five. Uh, tribes we do not say the five civilized tribes because that is a colonizer word <laughs> uh, uh, forced upon us but uh, we uh, uh, they, they
0: speak perfect English <laughs> yes we got them <laughs> we got them finally
1: you love to see it no uh, multimedia director for the Choctaw Nation uh, basically I develop and create content uh, for our tribe it could be about for PR purposes or cultural purposes or language purposes or I can try to develop cool content to make you come spend money at one of our giant casinos. <laughs> in uh, one of our 12 locations in our southeastern uh, reservation, as they're called now. Uh, we are Choctaw Nation, and the, the other big tribes in Oklahoma are now legal uh, reservations, is how that works yeah. now.
0: Well, see, here's where I'll show my ignorance. I don't know which casino of the casinos that I know, just you know, like Riverwind, Windstar, yeah. Lucky Star, because I work for the franchise. I don't know which casino hails to what tribe. Yeah. So. Okay, what's Lucky Star? Do you know off the top of your head? I
1: don't know Lucky Star. Uh, the other tribes. Because uh, I was going to say,
0: if you if you were if Lucky Star was run by the Choctaw yeah. Nation, uh, were you the one shooting the Bob Stoops commercial? No, was not. Oh. No, no. Where no. he's like, no. we need you to just intimidate the uh, the, the viewing audience with your hand and your pinky. <laughs> so just stand there with your hands like Mister Burns, and just intimidate the list, the yeah. the viewer.
1: I, I think early on. Um, A lot of the native uh, tribes decided to take their casinos and uh, kind of brand them as one-offs so that if you had a bad experience at one, you wouldn't necessarily think, oh, that must have a bad experience with that tribe or a bad experience with this whole chain. The Choctaw Nation uh, casinos, or it's Choctaw-Durant, Choctaw-McAllister, Choctaw-Stringtown, Choctaw-Poto, eventually Choctaw in the Broken Bow area. So it's all just Choctaw and then a location. So we did a full... Uh, umbrella marketing where everything falls under the brand of Choctaw. So we didn't do like Chickasaw Nation's got Windstar and they've got Riverwind. They did that t- potentially to kind of divest the Chickasaw name from the the casino brand and also differentiate each casino. So if you have a bad experience at Riverwind, you don't necessarily think it's going to be the same bad experience at Windstar. Um, because, we, did, we did not go that route. Because as
0: we all know, gambling is a true skill that you can gain through
1: because it has nothing to do with luck
0: or fortune. It's just nothing but pure and talent and skill.
1: It's not, it's not the guy with a switch behind the glass. It's not that I guarantee you. I've seen it. Not I mean, I haven't seen it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry.
0: And I'm telling you (laughs) just because you lost today doesn't mean you can't win tomorrow. Like true. You you live to Um, fight another day. So just try again. We
1: are, uh, (laughs) we we are in uh, an experienced business. You walk into the casino, you're not expecting to make money. So what the casino does, it's, it tries to sell you an experience. It's not trying to sell you on the idea that you're going to win millions of dollars. <laughs> uh, even though we claim that... I mean, people do. You, people you very, get, you very yeah. well could, though. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You, yeah. Your life could change. Yeah, you, you listener. You right could have now.
0: third cousins yeah. that love you all of a sudden. Okay, let me
1: get closer <laughs> to the mic. You listener. You could be the winner. <laughs> there, you, There you go, yeah.
0: Now, like... I guess, real quick, before, like, one more thing before we get to the OU football thing, like, you as a filmmaker, um, you as a content creator, I mean, obviously, that really appeals to me mm-hmm. just because, like, I, I like, you've already kind of shamed me with my cord rolling, <laughs> rolling up, like, style. Yes. And, and, like, yes. this is very bare bones, yeah. like, what I do. Like, unfortunately, yeah. with, like, sports media, like, gone are the days of I am a writer, I am a broadcaster, I am yes. a sports x or i'm a sports y like you have to basically understand or at least have a working knowledge of how to do a little bit of everything and that includes stuff that may have not have been a part of the umbrella of sports media you know 10 15 20 years ago and so like filmmaking skills are kind of a part of it and you know all the stuff that we do that i try to do with through the keyhole like it's like a bunch of stuff that i when I watch YouTube videos or when I watch movies and I see certain things that I like, I'm like, okay, I want to try my best to replicate that with my fucking iPhone yeah. and a tripod. Yeah. But I mean, without like with what you are doing with like legitimate skills that you've learned and legitimate equipment, it's like, I just gotta say, I'm just a little, I'm just a little envious.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, when it comes to stuff like this, I, I will say when it comes to stuff like uh, the Patreon or, you know, uh, through the keyhole stuff like that as you're trying to build it out it It is cool to have certain equipment with you or have some sort of certain skill set with you. But as we've seen with TikTok and with Instagram and with Snap or, or with whatever people are, are, are drawn to, a lot of those things don't follow any conventional film rules. You're truly an, an experimental uh the experimental landscape at this point in time, that's that like this right ro- where we are right now is truly just the most wide open content creation or media generation has ever been. We could be in somebody's kitchen recording a podcast, which we are now, which we are now,
2: yeah. uh, through, yeah, through,
1: <laughs> yeah, actually looking through the keyhole here into the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, so nothing can truly stop you. It's just, it, it is just a certain matter of getting over the imposter syndrome, getting over the, uh, self doubt of well I don't know I don't have the right thing I just have a cell phone a lot of people who can do stuff with other things it doesn't have to be the green night that we watched last night and think cause I, I, I mean I shoot stuff I, I can shoot t- stuff I with c- the idea of making it that yeah. way and I cannot make it look as beautiful as they did I can turn, I, turn my iPhone I upside work. down you know, yes.
0: I, I can yeah. I can yeah. Yeah. do it that way right yeah. I can turn it 360 degrees and then <laughs> turn it back around like all those fun little K- Kubrick like long shot I, I don't even know what the technical term is but the where you know, it's like you see it in the shining a lot and not to get into like filmmaking here but I, I I love this stuff but where he puts the camera on like a rail and it's just slow and it just the camera shot just moves with like obviously it just moves with it yeah and it's like stuff like that because it's an older technique and because everything is shot on a computer now, Yes, it's yes. like there's something that makes it creepier. Yeah. And, and so going back to the Green Knight, which again, this is not a this is not sponsored by the Green Knight by any means. It's not like Peyton and I got yeah. to go see a special media screening. Yeah, we just
1: love. <laughs> Yeah, and <laughs> the Green Knight, not to be confused with the Green Giant. I didn't know if like, sponsored by the Green Bean Company or, uh, uh, or if anything on, like which that. Which, if they're listening, please, like, I'll take your yep. green beans.
2: <laughs>
0: Only in green <laughs> beans, please. The I'm fridge paid, is I'm paying <laughs> green beans. <laughs> uh, which, you know, last year when the pandemic started, that might have been a good idea. But, uh, no, l- 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 let us speed right on to the OU footballness, And I guess let's talk about the topic at hand uh, because... I mean, even the OU fans, and I'm yeah. kind of one of them right even now. Even at the
1: top, we said, hey, let's not talk about yeah, this. But, yeah, but we're, the but first we're, OU topic yeah. is going to... Okay, I, I'm following well, like, The I've, one person who's made it through the Chalkdown Nation and Filmmaker Talk is like, hell yeah. Oh, he, SEC talk. Of course. <laughs> You've
0: made it this far. So let, let's yeah. let's go, we'll no, go right into it. This is where the Patreon pays you. Because look as an OU fan, I'm very appreciative of this day because it's like the first day where we've really had a chance to kind of like take a step back and breathe. Yeah, it's calm. It's calm. having now. said that, ES... Or Big, the Big 12 has sent a cease and desist letter as of this recording yep. to ESPN, and I don't know yep. if you saw this from Brett in the, Murphy. An
1: embarrassment.
0: Yeah. yeah saying like, you don't talk to our schools about blah, blah, blah. Essentially, stop talking to OU in Texas about future plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not good for us right now. And ESPN has since uh, replied to them through Brett McMurphy. I guess he just released the statement yeah. saying that ESPN said, uh, the claims in that letter have no merit, <laughs> which is true. He's right. Yeah. I mean, yeah,
1: I think who, who is, uh, I cannot remember if it was an OU leadership or big 12 leadership that talked about it being, uh, the big 12 recruiting being, uh, inherently disadvantaged or something along those lines by optics or reputation. By, yes. Yeah. Uh. Uh, I cannot remember if it was a big 12 guy or if it was an OU guy, but, uh, I mean, it's, just, it's it's cowardly leadership. It's cowardly... It's defeatist. It, it's very much so defeatist because immediately we're to say, well, we can't recruit the SEC or we can't recruit the Big Ten or we can't make that money because we are inherently at a disadvantage because of the location and region, which do have some merit to that, obviously, population centers and everything. Everybody has a disadvantage, even though you has disadvantages. Yes, but you can step through that stuff and say, okay, what makes... Almost kind of like what we are talking about just earlier about the filmmaker stuff. Yeah, yes, you don't have... Because like, uh, we were working on a on a, on a on a commercial set, and the guy pulled me aside. He's like, "You see these lenses right here? This glass, what they call it in, in the in, in the industry, the glass. We see this glass. This was the same glass they shot uh, Empire on, Empire Strikes Back." Yeah, and I was like losing my mind. I was like, "That's super cool." Yeah, but then I thought, "Well, why are we?" doing that for this you know like we're not yeah. we are shooting a 30 second commercial <laughs> about somebody going to a casino so it's kind of like it's a little different it's like oh somebody just had money to throw around to a certain degree yeah but you don't have to have those things to compete at a very top level you just have to be able to understand things somewhat contextually mm-hmm. like i think sometimes that happens with since we're on the sec with that stuff it's like well congratulations ole miss you you've you've recruited a bunch of stuff you you you're not going to see returns on that on the field because you don't have the rest of the structure in in place. Yeah.
0: And, I I mean, like, anybody who complains about that disadvantage that we're talking about from the Big 12's perspective, it's like, sure, it exists. And, sure, ESPN plays into it in that they hype up the SEC so much, and ESPN has all the games on their TV, so all the recruits, all the kids, all the fans, they watch it, and they hear it, and they hear it, and they hear it, and it becomes true, the problem with that being like ESPN's going out of their way to make it harder for us is sports are a meritocracy. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they're saying that is because as much as we want to say like, no, the big 12 has just been just as tough or OU's road to the playoff is just as tough as anybody else. And really all that matters is how good OU is. Who gives a crap Correct. about the yeah. rest who of the conference? About, yeah. K-State, House, State, as, who cares? As true as that all can be at the same time, it's like, well, the SEC has the hardware to back it up. And if the big 12 did ESPN would be, Putting all their money in yeah. the Big Twelve, maybe not so much just because of TV numbers. Because they don't own the numbers, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, and it becomes kind of a pragmatic numbers game at that point.
1: Yeah, we're going to see, uh, as a fan. I mean, we're going to see an immediate flip of this stuff. Come, come season, come kickoff. It's going to be, did you see OU's defense? They are shutting people down. They are moving through there. They've got the athletes. They look like a legit team. And you're going to hear that on ESPN for the first time in 10 years. You know, it's always been, well, you, you know, they're high flying, but they really can't stop anybody. Finesse. 100%, you're going to hear how OU is a tough team, how OU is going to be, uh, can compete at the top levels. You're going to hear that this year. It's going to be kind of funny. I mean, I'm going to laugh at it and go, yeah, you dudes, You, you, you your network was the same network who's." You know, trying to crush you to a certain degree, yeah, It is now fully backing them because it makes sense for a, a, the school you're about you're about to pay you know fifty, sixty million dollars to to be good, and you're going to walk into. I mean, the SEC they're going to walk into the SEC as the second best program. I mean, depending on how you feel about Georgia, but it, it's they're going to walk into it. Yeah, yeah historically, mm-hmm. there there are no peers but Bama, and then contemporarily, there probably is no peer but Bama. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean it'll it, be interesting.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean to me, it's just I mean with the kind of the pragmatic numbers game and just like looking at like what's happening with the Big Twelve. To me, it's just like we we talked about it here. I talked about it on the Ten Twelve podcast on Sunday with Philip. And you know, I don't know how much time we want to spend on this, but we've kind of talked about it over the last day that you've mm-hmm. been here. But like, I don't I don't want OU to be indirectly or even directly responsible for the death of multiple programs. Yeah. It's one thing if we kill them on the field. Yeah. Like that that's great. Like when OU essentially buries Art Briles, Baylor, like of course like they got buried for other reasons, but on the field like OU like kind of reasserted themselves in 2015 as like no this is our conference, we're the big dogs in this conference and we're going to prove it to you on the field. As much as that's great, like that's great. That's what I want OU to do, but in terms of them making a decision for themselves for the long term, security and stability of the program which is what they should be doing they're we're not here to help out kansas state we're not here to help out iowa state but if we make a decision that is good for us it can still negatively affect other people making it not a wrong decision but it's just the negative consequences that come about from making a decision that's best for you it, it's just it's sad it's just yeah. like a it's like a it's like a
2: breakup
1: yeah i mean it's it's like a breakup, but. uh you know, to, to quote, uh, if we have any wrestling fans, the quote Triple H, it's what's best for business. Yeah, the, the moment the Big Twelve no longer became mutually beneficial for the for Texas and for OU to be in there, then they're going to start looking around. So it it became outsizedly beneficial for K State and for Kansas and for Texas Tech to be in, in the big TCU to be in the Big Twelve, and it became less and less beneficial for OU and Texas to be there, and that eventually was going to Reach a tipping point, and it did. It did apparently six months ago, and then I truly think in the Nebraska game where OU's like begging them, like please, we, we we will stay here if we can figure it out. I guarantee you, if OU could figure out a way where the payout would could go from thirty million to forty million, they would stay in the Big Twelve. I, I, I can guarantee you that and they I just could not figure it out.
0: I've already heard, seen people say, well, that doesn't make sense because that's that's after the six month like window of yeah. when OU and Texas have apparently been talking to the yeah. SEC. Uh, Joe Castiglione and OU you would probably have been talking to the yeah. Big 12 and Fox about the Nebraska game kickoff years ago yeah. because this yeah. has been on the schedule for a long time. And we all, I mean, two years ago when, when this was becoming like more and more like oh, this is coming up, Nebraska's coming to town, that'll be fun. Hopefully, yes. Scott Frost has the <laughs> the ball rolling up yeah. there, which it, yeah. it hasn't. Um, we like I was a joke. <laughs> it was a joke with me and my with me and my dad and me and my friends. Like that'll be a fun 11 a.m. kickoff. Yes. Yeah. So I have no doubt noon, that. Yeah. Like I'm not sure that this was, in fact, the the straw that broke the camel's back, but I I really wouldn't be shocked if that if that actually came out in some tell-all book that yeah, like Joe C and OU know, you were two years ago, three years ago. Please make sure this is not 11 a.m. Like give us yeah. this one anything, fucking thing.
1: Anything? Yeah, I think I think it probably if when you look back at it, and it might be a little too neat and too tidy for it to be considered the final yeah the yeah. Fi- the final step. Uh, But honestly, just looking at from an outsider's perspective, obviously just a fan, I have no like insider stuff or anything. You you try to look at things logically, and you say, yeah, that's that's in my mind, that's what did it. I mean, Nebraska not getting that, and then people say, well, you know, even Keegan was like, well, how the how the games are drafted by the networks that hadn't happened yet. Let's go back to movie stuff. Oscar night happens on Oscar night. Yeah, people are promoting their movies. Eight months out for your consideration. They're sending stuff. They're sending screeners to to Oscar voters and stuff like that. I mean, that's going on year round. They're releasing certain movies in certain times so that it gets a certain amount. So you can, I ou was was lot more than likely lobbying for this game. Like you said, the moment it came on schedule, this has to be it. Like I'm surprised they didn't move it to Thanksgiving. I'm mean, you know do, do the yeah. full thing, but that cause they're probably like, okay, we can't do that because of conference stuff. But let's at least do here. And the same thing for the SEC stuff. You don't walk into if you're an idiot, you do this. You just walk into a store and buy the most expensive thing and walk out. No, you talk, you look at it, you do your research, and that's what you do For you they're talking we're talking about the next hundred years potentially. Six months is nothing to talk this out. This is moving at warps, literally at warp speed. If it's going from six months ago to as you know Twitter says, Oh, you kicking off SEC play in twenty twenty two? That that is warp speed to get that done. Not not vaccine work speed, but still uh qu- <laughs> yeah. quick quick to get this out. It's just monumental to get these institutions who are full of bureaucracies and move slowly in Texas with a you know 100 different boosters all wanting to be the last one to say something to get everyone on the same page and everyone yeah. say this is what we're going to do. You can tell something had happened across the board.
0: And I like I don't know which is more incredible and we're not going to know this, but What's more incredible to you, the fact that Texas and Chris Del Conte was able to keep this under wraps, considering what we know about Texas and their higher-ups and their booster program of how like everybody there just wants to pretend like, oh, they're the reason why Texas is awesome, so they'll just talk. So yeah, yeah. that or the fact that A&M leaked this with the hopes of blowing this up, but in fact they just sped up the process to an astronomical rate that it just became a reality and now we're to the point where yeah, the grand rights are up in 2025. Oh, you could basically be in the SEC as early as even like next season. Yeah, Yeah, with like, the
1: Longhorn, the, the Longhorn stuff. ESPN would just pay, pay it. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't it's, know what's it's, it's more incredible. It's funny fake money. They don't. Have, it's not even money. They, it's money owed. They just move somewhere else. I <laughs> yeah. mean, it's already on the budget as money spent. It's, I mean, it, that's this is brilliant this by is OU good Texas This to is get a, ma- there. it's
0: just mafia money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: the, the most shocking thing, obviously, is Texas being sitting on this, which that inherently makes me think, OU was the driver to this. It had, had to be. Because if Texas were the driver of this, we would have figured this stuff out a week after they decided to it, do it. It would have been <laughs> on Orange Bloods like the next yes. day. Like, yeah. hey, psst, psst, yeah. by I the way. I know someone who knows somebody. And, you know, I donated a $5,000 check. Now <laughs> I know what's happening. Yeah, uh, which makes me really think. There's a urinal OU, named after
0: me in, the, in DK yes, Royal, yeah. and I know this. Because
1: <laughs> when OU was going through, and I can't, I mean, I'm not an OU student or anything or, or, or an OU alum, so it's hard for me to keep up. But I know when... Um, the, the, the president after Boren came in, he did a lot of Gallagher. Gallagher did a lot of changes. and My assumption would be that at that very moment, this was like an email sent. What if this happened? And I bet it, him or, or the current one very early on, because you have to think, I mean, OU, Oklahoma just isn't going to just naturally get richer. Yeah. It, it, we're, we're, it's just the state we're in. The the, the the resources we have, we're very dependent on uh, natural gas and, and oil. We're very dependent on things. At this, we're you know we're landlocked state, all that kind of stuff. Not a lot. Not not very large of a state. All the things that kind of go into that. So you have to start getting creative. How how can we fund this stuff more? How do we get more money? How do we get the softball complex? How do we actually build out the football stadium, even more, and then close that in entirely? You know all that kind of stuff. This was I would assume if they were smart people. They're thinking week one stepping into the new position, what if we did this? what would that do? And then you start running down that trail yeah I, again I, i'm I'm you know creating a fantasy in my brain, but I did he I know that president had rubbed people really the wrong way because he went against traditions yes. And really went against like let's just shake everything up and figure it out uh, which makes me think. Potentially, that could have even started a year ago, two years ago, figuring this stuff out. Yeah, and I, I remember even thinking that when Galilee got here,
0: because like, like, I don't know who, who this person is. Um, people seem to not like him, and at the time, I thought, yeah, he's from he's from oil and gas. He's a billionaire, so I'm sure he's done a lot of things that are bad, because, I mean, name a billionaire who's righteous. I mean, name a human who's righteous. Let's, let's not be what's the word like racist against rich people what would that word be classes class y- yeah let's not yeah. be classist here yeah. uh but yeah
1: yeah let's support the yeah the systems, the caste <laughs> system yeah, let's <laughs> yeah. do that let's yeah go to all <laughs> we're for you go, exactly
0: go base jeff bezos you but, did it but <laughs> your giant penis penetrated the sky and we're all the more thankful
1: now i he really listened to jimmy hendrix and was like i i'm doing it i'm, I'm, t- I'm kissing the sky there today. you go
0: Oh, no, don't listen. He don't listen to Jimmy. He (laughs) He
1: does. Uh, He probably has like an original print.
0: He's got Jimmy Hendrix's corpse (laughs) reanimated playing, you know, all along the watchtower and fire for him. Oh,
1: yeah. N.W.O. Hogan along the watchtower. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes. That would be great.
0: (laughs) No, No, but like I, I just remember at the time thinking, okay, I have an opinion of Boren. I don't know about you, the listener. I don't know what listeners think about David Boren. I know what students during my time as an OU student felt about David Boren and I get why he appeals to people my age back in the day I had a negative like shocking Brady has a negative opinion of some OU suit or OU leader you know what whoever you know I'm on a cleanse
1: but let's call this podcast the blacklist pretty soon
0: (laughs) exactly um I had a I have a I had a negative opinion of David Boren for a, a multitude of reasons, some of them football related, some of them other. We don't need to get into that. But I remember thinking at the time when Galilee was there, I I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what his end goal is, but it's different. Yes. And it's going yeah. against tradition, yes. and yes. I wonder if this might be good. And yeah. so that fantasy that you're constructing in your head, like I've also kind of toyed with that myself, like how much how, what we're seeing today because stuff like this d- doesn't get made. OU gets an 11 a.m. kickoff. Yeah. Announced, what was that, a month ago, two months ago? Yeah. Ele- oh, they get an 11 a.m. kickoff for Nebraska, and they're like,
1: fuck it, we're going to the yeah. SEC. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. this isn't Alabama sending a text to OU at 3 a.m., like, hey, you up? Exa- OU, OU's yeah. OU's like, well, obviously I'm up. I kick off in two hours. You <laughs> know? I mean, yeah. We've been <laughs> awake for
0: some time. God. O- only so much longer for that. But no, it's, I mean, to me it's it's going to be interesting like down the road when books come out when you know 30 for 30s come out it's i mean it's 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 weird how this is just casting a gigantic shadow over we're 38 days away from kickoff
2: yes.
1: we're, we're 38 days yeah. away from kickoff and i it doesn't feel like it at all and like you said hopefully the players know that no one on this team and and, and i guess it it truly does depend you're not there's a chance none of these people are going to play in the SEC on this team. Yeah. But let's say it does get strung out to 25, 24, something like that. Not even Billy's Bo- going to be gone. Billy Bowman maybe be gone. Yeah. Yes. But <laughs> so they need to win. Cause I, my hope is that we do kick off SEC football in 2022. Scheduling is going to be kind of weird. Cause I think we have an SEC opponent we've got as a non-con. And so they'll have to get that figured out. I mean, Tennessee, uh, Alabama
0: and LSU were yeah. on the books for the next Six or seven
1: years. Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah finally, years.
0: LSU can stop running. I know exactly. Well, t- got them. They ran away from us in 2019 because they weren't ready to play us non-conference wise. So they almost true. lost
1: to Texas. True, but they were more than ready to play us yes, in the yeah, postseason. Oh, that's boy, that's true. Uh, man, but yeah. Hopefully, that my my hope is OU goes undefeated, wins the Big 12, wins the national championship. Because I'm a big OU fan, obviously. They slay some demons, and I know I'm. I'm I listen, we're we're listen just to essentially you, you're talking about USC and Miami. I want them beating Georgia, and I want them beating Clemson, and I oh want, yeah, I want them to walk into the Big Twelve offices with the national championship and just turn the lights off, <laughs> and then go to the SEC the next year. See the close con- the book.
0: The content <laughs> creates its like it just it makes itself on, on that one. Now
1: yeah Riley goes to the second home and like looks around one last time like the Fresh prince yeah with the championship in his hand and this turns the lights off leaves the key under the rug and Aww. heads off to I, I, Gainesville I guess <laughs> <laughs> where are the SEC offices are they in Hoover I think Atlanta I, they're in I, Atlanta I, I, I would assume because that's where the I mean the the S, the S, uh, conference championship game is which Twitter is kind of smart talking about. I, I can guarantee you, Jerry Jones is going to money whip the SEC for that title game oh. in Dallas. Oh yeah, and if they don't rot- and if they rotate it, I can already tell you there's going to be a lot of SEC teams who are like, this Texas school has already gotten the championship in the state of Texas. <laughs> I mean, it's going yeah. to be like, what did we do? And a And M's going to be screaming like, we told you, no, exact- you idiot. <laughs> y- yeah, like
0: and look. Uh, It'd be a little bit of a taste of your own medicine, SEC, because OU's already played LSU
1: in a national title game. Yes, yeah, yeah. twelve seconds away from
0: their campus. Yeah.
1: So, and we know Georgia had to. I mean, you know, they had to go to Oklahoma City for the softball stuff, and we know inherently how much of a disadvantage that is. So, of of course, I don't want to be hypocritical. I want to mention that. I didn't even. Woe is, woe is me. I forget
0: I even forget about that. Georgia lost a national
1: title game to a backup quarterback in Atlanta. On a, on a fourth down. On a fourth down, like you can't Kirby Smart, a defensive genius, it's just a backup quarterback. And I guess he, the backup quarterback is always the better quarterback. Caleb Williams, <laughs> come on down, <laughs> yeah, with his
0: painted fingernails, just badass. Like I hope he keeps that. And I really do. Cool. I just, I just it. want, I just want some some people to be frustrated like God damn
1: it. He's so good, but I don't
0: know about them painting fingernails to be honest.
1: Helps them with calls and stuff. They do it. Yeah. uh, uh, Catchers will do it. Ask Keegan. He probably painted his nails. Uh, I know, I know catchers will do that when they're giving calls out.
0: Yeah. Keegan, if you're listening, please tweet us.
1: If you're listening live right now, as we're recording, (laughs) spitting out,
0: spitting out his cereal.
1: How do (laughs) I paint my
0: nails? (laughs) I, I don't do that. No. Um, I guess one more thing about the SEC um before we get into just oh you fandom at large mm-hmm. I I mean we've talked about it I I am, I'm excited mm-hmm. it's better for the program yep game day's going to be it's going to be lit every oh, much every better. single weekend much better. I, I mean even much better because just uh, think of it this way.
1: Just the food Missis- they're going to bring.
0: Yeah, Mississippi State comes to town. Mississippi State is not a program of note,
1: no. but they have legions of loyal fans. And they have just all kinds of crawfish. Yes. <laughs> it's, just gonna have, it's going to be so much better across the board. I mean, is it Starkvi- Starksville? Starksville. I've been told by Twitter never go there. But
2: now Oxford's trying to plan on Oxford. Apparently,
1: the, if you can hear the air quotes, the scenery... It's uh, very good. Yes. That's what I've only heard. I've only heard it's very can, good. Can we
0: bring Arizona State to the SEC? <laughs> <laughs>
1: can, is the scenery good there, or is it just plentiful? I Well, <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a
0: good question. It's always funny when, if, if some recruit came down to OU in Arizona State, he gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn it, we lost another one. I know, no, right? I don't blame him, no. Um, I mean, g- game days are going to be much more fun. As someone who just, loves the history of the program again like I kind of kind of goes back to what I started off with on this conversation like I don't want to be responsible for the deaths of some other programs but it's also just like OU has no as a football program OU has no ties historically to any SEC team like, like you would think Arkansas—they've played Arkansas a handful of times. A lot of those were in the twenties and thirties. Yeah, but true, at, basically, since the modern era started, oh, he's played Arkansas three times. Yeah. Um, they've played Alabama a lot. I mean, relatively speaking for SEC schools, I'm not counting Missouri and A&M because yeah. they played them when they were conference opponents. So yeah. they played them a lot. Um, every every other SEC school, they've played like two, three, one, yeah. or none.
1: Yeah. Well, the the thing is, we're we're set up immediately, though. I mean. We have recent struggles or recent games, recent history with Georgia. We have, we have cool historical history of Georgia with the, with the court case. We have cool historical history. Uh, I say historical now. When I mean, we do have a somewhat of a of a of a rivalry with Florida for the, t- the two thousand eight, that's got to come back. We got to figure that out. We
0: got we got to beat their varsity team. Yes, you know,
1: yeah, you know. true, true, true. Yeah, we got that. Yeah. But then we also have Beamer at South Carolina. We've got Hypo at Tennessee. I mean, there are some natural built in personalities in which OU, can, if we want to, create some rivalry stories around immediately. And to me, like you said, yeah, it, it sucks to think, oh man, us leaving is going to cause the death of others. Uh, to a certain degree, and, and you know, maybe there is that is a weight that OU is kind of thinking about, trying to make sure, okay, let's get this settlement paid so you guys can figure out the next step or whatever. Uh but oh think about from this perspective, we OU is now walking into new history and you get to experience it as a fan. Games first time ever. Games second time ever. First time Florida will ever be in Norman. First time, you know, all that type of stuff. And you get to see it and experience it for the first it's not we're going to Lubbock again, guys. Make sure when you're driving at night you see all those flashing lights. Those aren't those aren't UFOs. That's just the wind farms. You know, I mean, it's going to be something new every time yeah. you play for about a decade. And it's good. that's interesting. That's cool.
0: Yeah, and like change in something new is not it's not doesn't have to be bad. It's just that. It's just new. Yes. And it yeah. doesn't mean like the way college football is going to change over the next five to 10, 15 years. Like it doesn't mean that yeah, it's gonna be different than the college football that y- my dad grew up with that, you know, my grandparents grew up with. Um, it's going to be different. doesn't mean we can't enjoy it, and we're probably going to enjoy it. It's just – I just wonder how this changes, like the benchmarks for success in a particular season. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I mean – To me, those can't change. If, if you're OU, if you've got the Oklahoma standard, <laughs> uh-huh. that can't change. The, the standard still has to be national conference championship, national championship at that yep. point in time. It has to be if you adjust – your uh, standard at all, or your expectations at all for this move? I, to me, you're almost walking into a coward's mindset because I, I like a uh, the SP plus Bill Conley. You know, OU would be favored a lot of times, double digits against every SEC opponent except for Alabama, and only then they're only a two-point dog. So you have to walk into that knowing OU is legitimate. They're a real school. They're a real football program, not just a really good Big Twelve football program. And kind of still the Alex Grinch thing. If OU does walk in there and just gets their shit shoved in, you know, then they're frauds and they've made me a liar.
2: Oh.
0: <laughs> I love you, Alex Grinch. <laughs> um and it's um I mean again, it's gonna be exciting, but i let's try to turn our turn our ears, our eyes, and our and our hearts to twenty twenty one and just like how obviously important this is. And you know, one of the things that we've talked about is um obviously off the podcast is it's not that you've not bought Alex Grinch. It's not that you don't believe you're, you're just more of a, I, I would kind of characterize you as more of a cautious, realistic fan because like how we, how we talk in our group chat, you're yeah. like, you, for instance, like when OSU's president put out that tweet thread the other day yeah. and made OU fans feel a certain way because she was trying to make OU fans feel yeah. and OU people yeah. feel a certain way. so she succeeded. Like you, you come in the group chat and instead of like, buying into like either me saying like this is embarrassing for them or blah 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 you were like, No, she did what she had to do. Yeah. You know, so that's how you see it. And so you you've kinda done that with Alex Grinch and that like the improvements are all clear. We don't need yeah. to go over all that. We've talked about that a thousand times on this podcast. Yeah, but the,
1: and the effort is there, but if you look at... so, like, Yeah, you can sit there and say, because I'm a big SP Plus guy. If you guys aren't, I think you all should be. I think it's just a, a, the best way, the best easy way to understand the full concept. Of and you
0: can have a passing trouble. knowledge of it like, like I do, yeah.
1: and it can still make sense and be a good reference. So, yeah, Peyton's right. So, you can look at that and say, well, in 2015, oh, you had a really good defense. Well, no for 2015 they played four backup quarterbacks in a row yeah last year is the best Alex Grinch defense we've had top 25 defense according to SP plus but they played in a year in which the big 12 offenses across the board were depressed and the best quarterback was you know Sam or Brock Purdy Radler Brock Purdy you know Spencer Sam I mean it's it's not a bunch of world beaters where you sit there and go oh wow that those teams are dropping no Big 12 football was dropping high 20s, low 30s, instead of high 40s, low 50s. So there's, you can, you know, it's a chicken and egg type of situation, but I still, I mean, I think the effort's there, the aggression's there. People are generally where they're supposed to be, and somebody's not breaking 15 tackles. If somebody gets hit, the next guy brings them down. You can see the immediate improvement. Yeah. Is OU a top 20 defense? based on what happened last year. I'm not entirely for sure because, like I said, COVID year, weird crap was happening. OU potentially benefited, had negatives from it. They lost two games because they people were in and out, don't know what's happening, but they also benefited from it as well. So, I mean, yeah. it's well, an interesting thought process. Well,
0: that that's true. Now... The unfortunate thing is we're just never going to know that the Correct. answer to that question until yeah. the playoff, if yeah. OU gets there, because they're going to play those same damn teams with relatively the same quarterbacks. The same, yep. Now, like, TCU could potentially be better. Yeah, I know. mean,
1: I like Max. I think he's a good quarterback. Yeah, H- I think he could be a good quarterback. Hudson
0: Card could be, like, yeah. the next— Skyler. Yeah. They
1: the TC of uh, Kansas State,
2: right? Next, next big
0: team. thing, you know, for all we know. Like, yeah. quarterbacks can come out of the woodwork and be yeah. like, okay, the Big 12 quarterbacks yeah. are back. Like, last year they just clearly were not. Yeah. Um, But but if it's relatively status quo, OU is going to be a highly thought of and highly ranked defense statistically, and it's going to be half of it because they earned it and because the effort's there and because they're talented. The other half is just because they're benefiting from playing poor offenses, which was always the argument— you know 10 years ago about the sec and their defenses Correct. like their defenses yeah. are great and they're talented but my god they're playing big 10 offenses, yes, offenses every week
1: doing line, you know yeah giving them exactly what here's they a want great idea we're
0: playing alabama and all their nfl defensive players let's run straight into them out of the yes. i formation
1: yeah we've we've watched the only teams beat them run wild and like just pass the ball trevor knight lot, them to death and let's just not ever do that yeah because yeah. yeah. I, I think we like laughed about hugh freeze like he made a you know, $100 million on two football games, beating Alabama the way he did. Uh, But I think it's just, I think OU may have a little bit of fake it till you make it. And I think they have a really good high potential to make it uh, when it comes on the defensive side. Because, I mean, you could look at that stuff and say, well, maybe it's a little shaky on the foundation. The top 25 defense was last year. But also, they did what they're supposed to do. And eventually, uh, their record is who they say they are. And the record yeah. was their top 25 defense. So. And,
0: and I don't know how corny this, this take is, but I think there's something to be said about, let's say it's status quo, defense is top 20, top 25, and half of it, like we said, is because of them, and the other half is because they're playing average quarterbacks and yeah. average offenses. Yeah. That's important to me because then they'll walk into the playoff puffing their chest saying, exactly. our offense can score with the yeah. best of them, but guess what, our defense is badass, too. Yeah. The defense will not walk into a bowl game or a playoff game thinking, we just need to get two or three stops. Please, yeah. God, let us get two or three stops. Like the defenses over the last yeah. decade probably, I don't want to put any words in anybody's yeah. mouth, but um, just from a fan standpoint, that's what it, that was always the take of just get two stops per quarter. That's yeah. all we need. And it was somewhat of a chore.
1: Which is, I mean, in, uh, and honestly, it's kind of interesting too because Alex Grinch is – causing more stops to happen he they are creating more havoc they are creating more stops more third and longs belief is very important in sports but you can tell Gr- grinch has even said i don't care about that stuff we're not getting two interceptions a game yeah like that's his thing It's like because you're talking about it. it's like getting he doesn't want it I, I bet he does i mean obviously a defense coordinator wants to get stops but he does understand the offensive game the rules it is it's not about getting stops you're not going to stop them all the time it's about getting the ball back It's about possessing the football, and that's you can even fourth downs.
0: Even fourth down stops, like he like. Remember that whole like thing of like, well, they're not getting turnovers, but fourth downs are just as good. It's like, well, no, well, you got to remember they're going forward on fourth down because they're on our side of the field. So, because they've yeah. uh, yeah, So obviously, bad things happen prior to, and that's why Grinch is never like, oh yeah, fourth down stops are good enough. And from a defensive coordinator that's had quite the task to not only like build back up a defense to where it was formerly like, you know, 15 years ago, yeah. but also just instill belief. Like that's
1: great to have that standard. Yeah. It's also yeah that that standard, because he never, he's always said, I think it was last year. they were talking about like, Hey, the turnovers aren't quite getting there, but you're stopping guys. You're getting sacks. And you kind of looked at him and I'm kind of paraphrasing. He's like, that's not what I said. The goal was though. Yeah. The goal was to get two turnovers a game and we're not doing that. So we're failing. And that's cool. Because I'm a big guy. I'm a big direction guy. So not even like, you know, there's, you set a task, you set a goal. I'm even beyond that. I'm a direction. Like, where what, where are we moving? And I yeah. think that's what big, uh, the big 12, moving from the big 12 to SEC, Grinch, he's just moved the defense. He said, we are moving in this direction. Yeah, we make it a task of getting more sacks and a goal of getting, you know, keeping teams at a certain point, but it's like the, the direction is this way. You keep moving. You the, the journey never ends to a certain point of that perspective. Yeah. Which, as a coach, God bless if he can keep that up and keep the kids motivated.
0: Because that's... I mean, that's why Sabin's a machine. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's not... It, it was not just Bob Stoops. Bob Stoops is not the only coach in history to win a title and then kind of... Not that he went on cruise control immediately after, because he certainly didn't. Yeah. yeah. But... He's not the first coach in history to get to a point in his career where he did go on a cruise control. I mean, Bobby Bowden did, Steve Spurrier yep. did, yeah. Um, so many coaches. Tom Osborne had kind of like an opposite career where he was yeah. always second place yeah. in conference, and then Barry Switzer resigned, and then all of a sudden he was the best thing since sliced yeah. bread. You know, I, I don't know if there was a coincidence there, but um, you know, like coaches do that. That's why Saban's such a machine, and that's. You know, Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch—they're so young, and they're so like relatively young in their careers that we won't know that answer for a long time. But hopefully, we get to hopefully we get to see that out because that would mean that Lincoln and Grinch are here for a
1: while. Yeah, I mean, as, you know, it's just as a as, just as a fan, on my perspective, I, I can see Lincoln here for another five to seven years.
0: And I wonder what, the, like, not to go back to the SEC thing, but. Like, this is now important. Oh, like, yeah. Like does how that does, keep him there? Does yeah. that make him want to go to the NFL, or does that make him want to stay?
1: I, because I, yeah, if you're there, all of a sudden, because what's his contract now? Like $7 million, 7.5, something like that? Yeah, it's going to have to... It, he, he's going to be in the ten and $12 million range pretty quickly with the amount of money being... Especially if we can win a title or start competing or, or start winning SEC titles. You can... He, he'll the, have Nick Saban numbers very quickly. In a league where... Maybe he'll get paid as much as Jim Harbaugh soon.
0: Let's see. Ed Orgeron has a national title. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, the Gene Chiswick, 2.0.
0: Yeah. Ed Orgeron has a national title. Uh, Jimbo Fisher has a national title at Florida State. True, true. Yeah.
1: Um, is anybody else... Which he's shown he just needs a generational quarterback. And and, then and a, a down in a down year nationally. Down. Yes, where yes. So, Alabama gets so A and M's got that. They've got their plan. Their plan's figured out. Find yeah. a quarterback. Hopefully, the rest of the college football programs across the nation but they can't have even have a down program.
0: They haven't even been able to find just an average quarter. I mean, Kellen Mond, I guess he was an average. Is an he was, average. Quarterback. I would even
1: consider him above average. But yeah, I've got the people on Twitter. I, I keep saying the people on Twitter. No, they're not the real world. War. But he got pumped up like he oh no he's actually the guy he's like yeah. no you've seen the guy you've you saw johnny manziel that was the dude he was the dude it just kevin someone couldn't do couldn't install enough structure around him to turn that into a championship winning football team but yeah you can't have it's it's almost like we can we complain about man baker should have won one and obviously you think that because how much of how much he loved oh e. and runs with the flags and planting the flags and you know the kansas incident and everything and like the players loved him so much they like carried his his jersey out to the field like he had he was, died. he was dead <laughs> like it's, it's a Baker Mayfield. Program. Is dead. No. But like Kyler should have won. You can't let talent like that enter and exit a program well, like, and not win. Like
0: to me, like, you know, what what sucks about that is like play like players at the level of Baker Mayfield or Kyler, Kyler Murray, which they're two of the best quarterbacks to ever play like the game. Correct, not just correct. at OU. But players that are quote unquote like on that level on a, in any particular program's history, they have typically won titles. Like Tim Tebow, he won his title. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Manziel did not win a title, but he won essentially the closest thing to a title that A and ever sniffed yes. since beat Alabama. Yeah, they beat Alabama. They won a Cotton mole against Oklahoma. Yeah, like oh, cool, like good thing. Yeah, for they, you.
1: Had, they exercised their demons. We made the correct decision. There's a lot more. There was a lot of like, they patting themselves on the back. You know, we did what we what we thought was right, and it turned out it was right. Yeah, so good for them.
0: Um, I
1: mean, psh. that's coming back. <laughs> I mean, USC's
0: like USC's best player in their school history, like Reggie Bush, or yep. you know, like he It'll won all t- happened. Yep. Vince Young, you know, I don't know how Texas fans truly like feel if Earl Campbell or Vince Young is the best player in school history, but I would assume a lot of Texas fans would say Vince Young. He won a title, and yet, <sighs> OU's yeah. arguably their best or most popular player because it's like Leroy Selman, Brian yeah. Bosworth, yeah. Billy Sims, uh, Baker Mayfield. Kyler Murray, I guess some people would say yeah, Trent
1: um, Williams. Come on, guy. There, are not yeah. just the, not just the glitz and glam positions.
0: They're, our players just didn't get it, and that that's, I mean, of course, any like Sam Bradford not winning it sucks too. Yeah,
1: and there's stuff too where it looks like it's, and maybe this is just a, a me thing as a, as an OU fan, it always seems like OU has very very good college football teams that end up playing borderline pro teams
0: just greatest teams and um, almost every team. single time oh yeah, yeah.
1: if you f- look at because like, you can look at the rose bowl like the glyph like the little image like oh every one of these guys were drafted i'm like yeah but you look at the like the florida state one we're talking about their entire two deep got drafted <laughs> you know it's like yeah then their entire two deep on defense got drafted so it's it's that's the type of teams OU needs to be it can't be oh you've got 4 to 5 guys drafted. It needs to be every single year. They're getting 10 guys drafted. Yeah.
0: And that's why this season is still so important and like I get it. Like we'll be like the vote is going to happen tomorrow yeah. for the SEC yeah. and I I'm praying that it's, to one. I pray 13 for to 13 one. to 1. Please A&M, be on brand. Do six, do yeah. us this
1: favor. Please. Please, please. don't go, be don't go, be cowards. Go to the theater, Six Emperor Tyrannus, do the whole thing. <laughs> please. <laughs> do um it. so like the SEC will like
0: that news cycle will continue for about another week, and then we're gonna get to a point where it's like, okay, that's that happened. Now it's like yes. 2021. Oh, he's gonna yeah. win a national title, right? Um, before we put all of our ducks in a row in terms of putting our best foot forward, and like, oh, the SEC patch is gonna help us not have that uphill battle in recruiting yes, anymore. Yeah. And Lincoln and Allen, you Trench, get plus
1: five speed, plus five agility once you slap. On, yeah. exactly.
0: It's gonna help out on the recruiting trail. No more uphill battles. Um, still. OU's defensive recruiting has greatly improved. It has, it has, um, and, and especially if, it, if you're if you're just talking about it from an identity standpoint, like we know what players Grinch is looking for, Thibodeau is looking for, Roy Manning, Notum. we know what type of players they're looking for. So OU, like, you know, damn if they do, damn if they don't. They they can win or they will lose, but by God, they will have an identity. And there's something there's something powerful about that, just from yes. a sports perspective. Yeah. But this season is still so important because if OU is truly going to start landing like every once in a while a five-star defensive tackle, yeah. um high-end defensive players like great linebackers out of high school, if they're going to do that with some level of consistency that quite frankly OU has not done historically. Yes. Like they've OU has never been a recruiting juggernaut year in and year out. They've had their years, they've also had some average years, but OU is historically a program that gets their guys, yeah. they also make guys. Yeah that come from relative obscurity, you know, three stars with five-star hearts, and they become Sam Bradford. Yeah. Brian Bosworth was recruited out of high school, but he wasn't a five-star super recruit. He wasn't the Boz out of high school. So there's a lot of power in that as well. But in order for OU to really like take advantage of this SEC move, they have to kick ass this year and they have to defensively kick ass this year because if they like lay an egg, yeah, they could limp into the sec of like still having an uphill battle of like, see, they're just a big 12 team with an sec patch on. There's nothing special there.
1: Yeah. I, I think, I, I think I would actually push back a little bit. I mean, OU historically, if I remember right in the last 20 years has been a top 10 recruiting, you know, a- average. And I think that is good enough to win a national championship, you know, and, and, the blue chip ratio stuff. I mean, OU is hanging around the mid sixties, high sixties, uh, but they're also hanging around that with like Texas and Penn state and USC and Florida. Uh, and and uh, I think Michigan is also kind of the area. Clemson surprisingly is uh, kind of really close to OU for the blue chip ratio stuff. Yeah. So I mean, they're, they're there kind of in this glut of like 10 other teams that are like, Hey, all these teams could be good. They just need to break through. I think the SEC could move OU the OU You not I'll say this right now. I would bet my life on it. OU is not going to be an 80% BC. They're not going to be o- Ohio State. They could Bama. be a 70%. Yeah. And get one step above all those other teams because they're already at 60% without whatever SEC boost is going to get them. So I think they'll probably move from a top 10 recruiter, like average wise, to like a top borderline top five. Yeah, And what does that look like? That, how does that change the composition of those recruiting classes? Mississippi all of a sudden is open. Georgia's all of a sudden open to where, like you said, yeah, we get two or three high four star defensive tackles from those deep southern SEC states. And Oklahoma starts looking different when you walk on the field. It's not, oh, thank God Perrin Winfrey had to go to a junior college and we were able to get him. No, yeah. so it's no, we got that guy out of high school because he's legit and we went and got him. Like we didn't have yeah. to mess around and hope he flunked out. We didn't, we didn't yeah.
0: have to. We didn't have to entice him with early playing time. Like he just exactly. wanted to come here of his own volition because exactly. he saw it as the best, yeah. you know, decision that he can make for his future. Uh, that's where OU needs to be, and the beautiful thing about it is, yeah, yeah, I agree. They're never going to be an eighty percent blue chip ratio team. Which, again, if you do, if you're not familiar with blue chip ratio stuff, here's my through the keyhole plug. For one extra dollar, yeah, for one extra dollar, you can get on the uh, through the keyhole uh, Patreon page. It's four dollars a month or five dollars a month. Five dollars a month will get you the blue chip ratio chart which lays this all out that we're talking about. Basically, it's just your the ratio of your roster, how many of them are blue chip players, how many of them are not. Which now, are
1: four and five star players. Yeah,
0: and four and five star players are not always great, but you just, the idea, the yeah, philosophy. five star right there. Yeah, the philosophy is just if you have a ton of them, your margin for error increases because like, Correct. okay, this guy yeah. ended up not being as good as he was evaluated or scouted as. So we'll replace him with another four yeah. star, five star, which is why people were excited about the defense this yeah. year. Cause we finally have a defense that has, you know, either experienced players who have proven themselves like a DTY or Patrick fields to an extent, like they've proven themselves to be solid. But if anybody screws up consistently, it's like, okay, you no longer have this job because there's a freshman or a sophomore, four or five star right behind you.
1: Yeah, okay. it, it, it's kind of the thing, like you said, what we just ran into. I mean, we had the the three five-star wide receivers, Bridges, Weiss, and uh, Hazel. Yeah, and we had to kick none one off, of them and have, it's like, None okay. of them have performed at a level on what you think. But a mid-tier four-star player, Mims, steps in, and he's he's got the shot, because you're, you're opening up your chance, just more talent in the program, and highly talented programs, and this may start shocking OU fans, you're going to be losing... 10 to 15 to 20 players every single year. Yeah. Just due to drafty early lo- early leaves, transfer portal in. But OU, that, the thing that I'm very excited about, that I do not think OU is going to have any issue whatsoever. I think they're going to get a recruiting uptick, and I think the best coach in the portal era so far, my hot take, has been Lincoln Riley. He's going to go to those SC schools, and then somehow he finds them and he's going to get their running back. He's going to get their backup tackle that's going to start, but now he's going to start for OU. Jay Bolwer isn't here so anymore, good. I promise. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, and I don't know how much of this is going to be negatively affected because obviously quarterbacks, you know, they come to OU because they want to play for Lincoln Riley because yes. Lincoln Riley is a proven quarterback whisperer. And, and, if and the
1: idea from the magazine, Caleb, because I know they, they, people write stuff down to sound better, <laughs> but if Caleb Williams was truly going to walk on, just so he could – because his dad was like, you're going to OU. You're going to learn from Lincoln Riley. You're going to go to the NFL because of it. And his little SI article said, I was going to walk on if they kept the the other guy, the DJ Ula, blah, 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 guy, uh, or whatever. I, gonna... I can't remember how – it, well, was, it was, was the Brock Brock Yeah, the Harry Potter guy. <laughs> That's how I keep them all in my mind. Uh, the Harry Potter guy. Uh, if he had stayed – he said he was going to walk on. Could you imagine if that happened, if a five-star quarterback – Said I'm walking on. NCAA would come sniffing. It would, yeah. It was something <laughs> would have got. But now it's nil. Who cares? Now, now let them do it. But yeah, you know, Baker wasn't a five star. Obviously, walked on. Five star, you five star heart. Uh, so I think Riley already is there. Yeah. Can well, Grinch get there? That's well, the thing.
0: Well, I think with like, Lincoln and quarterback recruiting, as we move forward, you know, past this season potentially into the SEC, I, there is an element of truth to this. One of the reasons why the quarter, like the quarterback recruiting, has been so high, is like yes, most of it is Lincoln Riley. Most of it is because oh, you had Baker, Kyler, Jalen, and now Spencer Rattler, who's going to be a first-round draft pick in his own right when he leaves after this year, yeah. if he, as long as he's healthy. Yes, God hopefully, willing, hopefully, yes. Um, but playing in the Big Twelve and being able to put up a lot of stats, yes. probably had something to do with it as well because you don't win the Heisman throwing twenty-six touchdowns and you know ten interceptions. Even if you go undefeated, it's yeah. like you've got to have some element of having some pretty gaudy numbers. Yeah. And that's not going to happen in the SEC because you're not playing, you know, three, three, five defenses anymore. You're not playing like gimmicky defenses. You're not playing undersized defenses anymore. So while quarterbacks will still want to go play for Lincoln Riley, I don't know if the 45, 50 touchdowns to six inter- to seven interceptions a year is going to be obviously the standard. And this is not me going back on any takes I had in the past about well the SEC isn't as tough as it as everybody thinks it is no, it's it's always been as tough, but there's no doubt that the recruiting pool the Big Twelve is pulling from on average compared to what the SEC is pulling like in their mid tier programs I mean it's much higher like Ole Miss Mississippi State uh, Tennessee uh, I mean who else like other just like. Not Vanderbilt, just any South Carolina. Like they've got a yeah. different class of player on defense that is just going to present a different type of challenge to yes. OU and OU yep. quarterbacks. Yep. And I wonder if that's going to maybe knock down Lincoln Riley just a half peg in terms of yep. we're not always going to land the best five star quarterback so, in the country.
1: No, I, th- I think I think that I, I do not think that's going to happen. I think the recruiting is going to stay online because like you're you're talking about falling in love with the numbers that are on the page. Yeah. It's almost like a baseball-type argument. Oh Those numbers stay there. In the SEC, and I hate myself for saying this, for the Heisman Heisman side of it, it just means more. It does. Yeah. when it, If Radler walks into the swamp and beats him in the fourth quarter, it starts riding itself. The Heisman is a story, s- narrative-driven award. The stage award. will be much bigger than, than yes. Baker Mayfield yeah. throwing five touchdowns yeah. in Manhattan. Baker has to throw five touchdowns in Manhattan to win the, win the Heisman. Yeah, that's that's if true. You're, if you if, if you walk through there undefeated or eleven and one, and he plays just as, a little bit better than Spencer has, I, I, I can guarantee you or Caleb Williams, I guarantee you they're going to be in New York at the at a finalist, if not winning it. Yeah.
0: God, it's <laughs> it's so weird. It almost—I don't know if this makes it better or worse that this is happening in the off season, going into a year where OU is a legitimate national title contender. Like, would we have rather if this happened in a going into potentially like a, uh, like they'll be good, but I don't know if they're a title contender like last no, year.
1: No, because because what's going to happen? I I, I believe in uh, chaos magic to a certain degree. So if you say it enough, it's going to happen. OU is going to win the Big Twelve, undefeated, win the Big Twelve release some demons in the playoffs, turn off the lights in the Big t- in the Big 12 with the national championship, and then you're immediately going to have a down year. You're going to have some t- offensive line turnover. You're going to have a new quarterback. You're going to be missing multiple, like three or four wide receivers are gone. I can't remember all the numbers. Potentially. You're going to have a lot of people gone. gone. The defensive tackles are going to be gone. It's going to be a lot of rebuilding. So why not rebuild? Who cares if you're getting punched in the face in your first year in the SEC We just want a national championship. Win it now. And we'll be back. And then allow it to, yeah, and allow the one season and people kind of get their hits in. And then in 2023, it's... Unleash Everyone's grown up now. They took their first hits. We're not basking in the glory. Dendy's a sophomore now. Yes. Yes. (laughs) We've gotten those guys. Yeah. Now it's
0: exciting. Uh, I guess, I mean, it's been an hour. You've got to hit the road fairly soon. But I haven't even asked you, like, I'll ask you one quick question. (laughs) Because, like, typically with these with these podcasts, I ask, like, favorite player, favorite era, favorite game, favorite yeah. whatever. So, we haven't even got to that. So, this is still kind of a – this felt like a normal podcast in that it was, you know, it's just about the news. So, I guess, like right off the bat, favorite
1: player. Favorite player is going to be uh, – yeah, man, that's kind of hard. Uh, the one I have a jersey of. So, Ryan Broyles will be my favorite okay. player. Okay.
0: Well, yeah. That's the first time someone's mentioned Ryan Broyles as a favorite it's, it's player.
1: It's the under – you know, like I'm five ten. He's five. I mean, it's the undersizedness. They always seem like he, even though he's ex- supremely talented, was a tough son bitch too. He yeah. was the undersizedness. He was making big catches over guys in the end zone like a big wide receiver. Cool. There was something cool to see it, uh, and I hated how it went down for him and how his career ended up going to fall to the knee injuries and everything. God, but he was to me an OU guy.
0: Yeah, he he was. Like, he he was on the national title participant team yes. in 2008, yeah. and God, it's it just like that 08 team was so cool because there were a lot of Oklahomans on that team. Yes, and I'm not like hashtag OK preps. They need to be on the team, but it it does add an element of cool. It, there's a cool factor added when a nat, a great OU team has significant amounts of players that are from the state.
1: Yeah, yeah. If your if your regional talent is high. It just increases OU's chances of producing national championship teams.
0: Yeah, and I mean this upcoming high school class, there's a lot of promising talent. So maybe, you know, a national title team down the road can have something like that moving forward. But favorite player, I mean, like your your first like your era of like becoming an OU fan, like well, what time frame are we talking about here?
1: Yeah, so I was born in '88, so. The, the 90s to me were just like a haze. Like, I, I don't even, I didn't even know we didn't cheer for OU at that <laughs> point in time, so I had no clue. But I, I probably really became aware of what college football was in was the early 2000s when OU was kind of rolling. Yeah. Uh, and then 05 happened. Uh, I saw that game. I remember watching like five minutes of it and I went, yeah, guys, let's go outside and play football. Like in the front yard. (laughs) Oh, you's not beating you at this point in time. You know, it's, it's been five minutes. They're down by 40 points or whatever. And that, that was it. And so, but then I didn't become like obsessive until Oh eight. Probably. They're always kind of a thing you look in and kind of see it's kind of thing to do. Southeastern Oklahoma where I'm from is a bit isolated uh, to say the least. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's a different speed down there. A different, a different pace of life.
0: I hear you. Yeah, I just I I've told that story a handful of times on on this edition of the pod, but like when I was a kid, like I remember my dad watching OU football and I just didn't have the patience I just yeah. wanted to play outside yes yeah. I, I just couldn't imagine sitting down for two and a half three hours watching a game I was like I don't know I don't, I
1: now I can't even imagine not doing it because I'm a cable cutter and everything so yeah you, I think you talked about well it's a weird experience to listen to a game on, on the radio there are multiple games I've had to like sit in my car I actually love listen because like yeah cause like whatever broadcast I was like yeah, because I didn't get ESPN or something I was like I guess I'm just got to go to the car and just drive around and listen to this yeah. game, and I've done that before. I would go to a bar or something. But, yeah, now I can't imagine not watching an OU football game. It's going to be an SEC, which means you're going to be able to watch it anywhere. So it's <laughs> even better.
0: God, and watch it on your phone. I mean, like, does YouTube TV, like, does that come with the SEC network? I think, I think it, so.
2: I think so. Oh,
0: boy. Uh, great moments in SEC history when OU went to Air Force and yeah. and beat the the cadets. What are they called? The, I think they're the cadets, the Air Force cadets, the Zips, the Falcons,
1: no. the fa- are they the Falcons? Who, that's, yeah, the Falcons sound good. If, if you, not, they are.
0: If you have attended the Air Force Academy, please correct me. Apologies, my dad was in the Air Force. Um, two guests ago, Mr. Anthony Jumper wasn't is in the Air Force, so he actually stopped by uh, Vanessa house on Sunday. So shout out to you, oh, Anthony, sweet. for coming out. Thank you. It's good to talk to you. Um, man. Last thing before I get you out of here. Okay. What is your opinion on hot dogs?
1: On hot dogs, are they sandwiches or not? Is that yeah. the opinion? Yeah. Uh, I, I guess classically you have to call them a, a sandwich. I mean, the hinges there. There are some sandwiches there. There are hinges. I guess you, you know, and a pizza is an open face sandwich or or whatever. I oh, do not. Boy. I do not personally eat hot dogs. I find them generally gross, disgusting, and yeah, gross. They are. But. Uh, I, I can be convinced sometimes.
0: If I'm at a baseball game, which obviously is very rare. Yeah, because th-
1: you're already doing something gross. Yeah. You're at a baseball game. Yeah. The,
0: the smell and the atmosphere kind of lend itself to like it, having a hot dog. Okay, so we got that out of the way. Landry Jones, where does he rank on the OU quarterback list?
1: Uh, the best of the rest.
0: The best of the rest? The best of Who the, rest. Is the rest.
1: Uh the The rest is everyone not named Kyler, Baker, um uh Sam and uh Holloway.
0: Jason White. Hypel.
1: Hold on a second, hold on a second. Jack Mildrin, Steve second. Davis, White in there. Eventually, you can't have the best if everyone's the best. Yeah, it's true. So I guess to toss White in there too, because uh, again, because I was like just aware of OU at that point in time and the only thing I can really think of White is his failures, which are, which are not winning those oh, games. So, and that's what kind of sticks out in my mind. And also, I'm kind of the thing, too, where I'm, I'm an OU fan, but I try to be a college football fan as much as I can. Yeah. Uh, that probably should have been Larry Fitzgerald's trophy <laughs> at some point in time. And I think history probably will look back on that and agree. God. But he did win it, so you can't take it away. He's awesome. He's got a statue. But the best have to be the best eventually, and it can't be ten of them. It's got to be like five at most.
0: Should Drew Brees have won the 2000 Heisman uh, over Chris Winkie or Josh Heupel? Who's Drew Brees? And oh, <laughs> no, no, no. I, mean, I, get,
1: I, I just don't know the the boy, the Boilermakers. I know he played for Purdue. I don't know what their season kind of went like. I'm not the biggest fan. They ain't played nobody. I, I'm not the biggest fan of like a nine. Because even like Tebow, he won it on the nine and three Florida team. Like he didn't win it the year they won yeah, the national he, championship. He was
0: just, he was Heart their offense. And, soul and yeah, they, and he was just, know, he Robert scored Griffin
1: won it on the nine and three. Good, but he won it because he of the Oklahoma. story of beating Oklahoma. And did they beat Texas that year? Or was that one of their losses?
0: Oh, that's a good question.
1: But anyway, there are stories like when Lamar Jackson won it. The moment they dropped seventy on Florida State, that Heisman was over. <laughs> you know, yeah,
0: like, and nothing. That's, that's the story of it. Nothing will ever beat twenty twelve, where all three Heisman finalists were basically congratulations. You beat Oklahoma. You're yes, going. You're going to New York.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Like, let's see. We got Baylor twenty eleven, and they lost to a And M. Lost to Oklahoma State, and they beat Texas. That yeah. was their second-to-last game of the year. Yeah, they, so if
1: you can beat Texas and beat OU as Baylor.
0: Beat the shit out of him. It's
1: 48-24. Yeah, as as Baylor, and you're able to beat those two teams, you probably earned it. And plus, he was great that year, so whatever.
0: <sighs> oh, well.
1: But like you said, I, I even just said, like, the 9-3 and three stuff. The story will write itself. If Caleb Williams goes in there and beats Alabama on a fourth quarter comeback, I mean, it, it's going to it, it won't matter. God. I'm a big John Elway fan, so it's like John always had the most fourth quarter comebacks because he threw a bunch of interceptions in the first quarter. I mean, <laughs> I did. understand it, I get it, but he did come back and win those games.
0: He has to ease himself into the games, guys. It's okay. He just yeah. rolled out. He's yeah. like he partied last. Yeah, it's
1: doing a handicap. It's fine. It's all good.
0: <laughs> Peyton, good yes. stuff, man. Awesome. I'm, I appreciate it. I enjoyed it. It was uh, fun to get to. Hang out with you. is was fun to get you on the podcast. Always fun to talk to fellow OU fans and uh, uh, especially fellow Senate members. So
1: it was a lot of fun. Oh, man. Come on now. That's, Inside your baseball talk. Right it, I mean, you, yeah.
0: If you know, you know. And, you there's know yeah. that, and there's only a few that – and there's only a select few that yeah. know. But, and there's
1: some that know that want to know, but they really don't know. And they're just you probably never going to. And yeah. they, 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 that's happens. fine. And that's that's yeah. fine. Yeah, you hopefully can, we get a chance to tailgate and stuff and, like, we get some more people down here. I know it would be cool. To meet more of the patrons and stuff like that, it'd be kind of interesting to yeah. see what everyone looks like. I hope we're not all a bunch of like weird bridge trolls. Uh, oh no! At the internet. Our,
0: our patrons at Through the Keyhole are beautiful. We have vi- the most beautiful patrons. Ba- beautiful, highly intellectual. Uh, very classy. Words. Um, you know, scratch golfers, you know, like all very talented
1: people. We, we all shop at Christie's Toy Box. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's
0: Christie's Toy Box. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's uh coming soon to a podcast near you. Maybe potentially, we'll we'll get we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But yeah, you can follow Peyton on Twitter at like Woody. So L I K E W O O
1: D Y. What's which? The, which funny story about that? Yes. Uh, I would always say my name Peyton Guthrie, and they couldn't spell Guthrie, or, or they'd see it and they're like it's Guthrie or Guthire or something like that, because it, it does have a, a, either a sweet, uh, either a Scottish or an Irish uh, heritage, depending on how the, how the branches went. Yeah. And I'd always say if I was in Oklahoma, I'd say, "Oh, Peyton Guthrie, like Woody, like, yeah, like Woody, Woody Guthrie. Guthrie." Yeah. Uh, and then you, if anytime I travel to like Seattle or something, they'd be like, "What? What are you saying to me right now?" So, but I, I yeah. adapted that as my quote-unquote brand. So, like Woody is my handle on most things, uh, and then uh, I always name my Pokemon starters Arlo. It's uh, Arlo Guthrie. It all kind of ties in. It's perfect. God. <laughs> It's,
0: it's, it's, everything, everything means something. It just means more here. It at just the Ins- means more Inside at OU the podcast.
1: official SEC Oklahoma podcast. Oh boy. If you say it, it becomes real. <laughs>
0: I, it's going to be real. It's real already. Please give us a 13 to one to vote uh, tomorrow. Uh, but Peyton, thank you once I again. You. I appreciate uh, it. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Inside OU podcast. And thank you for continuing to listen to the Inside OU podcast. And um, once again, I'll point you in the direction of our Patreon page at Through the Keyhole. We've gained about 11 or 12 new patrons since the SEC news has dropped. So basically it's been a great week for us, and we're very appreciative of that. Uh, So basically I'm just telling you guys, you know, jump on the crazy train now while it's still underground and cool and we're able to kind of really connect with you uh, as close as we possibly can because you never know if we jump up to 500, 600, 700, you know, God willing, uh, then who knows You know, I might be Hollywood. I might be riding around a limo and not uh, replying. Hollywood, Florida. Yeah, not not (laughs) replying to you on Twitter as much because of the less than a thousand followers policy that we apparently have. But for Mr. Payton, this is Brady. Y'all have a good one, Boomer Sooner. We will talk to you on Thursday.